bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Fresh, candid, and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the Common Council president and the Common Council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. I have a question. It's a simple question. 833-212-1017 is the number. You can start dialing. What is the TV show? Notice I say a TV show, so that cuts out most of millennials and Z. What TV show? changed your life. I want to know what TV show did you go see that altered the trajectory of your life? Because when I was growing up, TV was the advent. This whole streaming thing was like, Paid TV, right? Like, you you were cool because you got paid TV. Like, you could watch movies that were first run on paid. It was over-the-air paid TV, and you had to buy a box and put it in your house. It was dumb. Now I can get the same thing on my phone. But think about the fact that what you see today was not present much of it 30 years ago. I mean, the internet didn't really make its advent until, I don't know, 94, 95. And then you had to have a computer and it was dial up and you had to pay and you had to pay the phone bill. You had to pay the, the, 
What was the first one? I can't remember it. And then AOL took over, and then everybody thought AOL was going to be it, and everybody was going to one place, and they got so scattered. That, so the internet grew, but we still watched TV. Like, there was no video on the internet. It wasn't fast enough. Because we watched TV, television. We transferred information. We transferred knowledge. We transferred news, good and bad. And then... You know, internet took over and that was that. But everybody has that one show who's a baby boomer and a Gen X. Everybody has that one show that when they saw it, it went. Now, today you have that show. Got, I mean, but you watch it on the phone, you watch it streaming, and so you have the same effect. And so I guess I can talk to Z and millennials. What TV show changed your life? Because growing up, I didn't know what middle class was. Like, I didn't know what it actually was. Like, you know, well, okay, you're middle class, but what does that mean? Does that mean you're, I don't know, money, where you live? I mean, for me, owning a house was like, wow, you have a house. Growing up, my mother never owned a house or a car. It's not a negative. I don't I don't think it hurt us any. Um catching the bus, going places, taking the L, you know, if you know what that is in Chicago. All that. Like it, it never hurt, it never bothered. And eventually my sister got a car and then my other sister got a car and Then I got a car. So, but TV was the revolutionary internet of its time. And black people were few and far between as it relates to TV. You had one or two sprinkled in. I don't, I think Robert Culp had Bill Cosby co star with him on I Spy. Or he told him he wouldn't do it. Like he almost lost his job and his entire career in Hollywood because he wanted to have a black guy be his co-host. And I mean co-host, not, you know, acting, actor somewhere down the road, doing something, but actually co-host. They were partners in the TV show and starring and co-starring which was unheard of back then. I don't know if we have that today. I think, I, I think, I think today we spend so much time being balanced and showing how much equity we have and inclusion we have that we lose the ethnicity of the media and the power it can give to people who don't see people that look like them. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017 is the number. The TV show that had a life-altering effect on you. 
growing up, I never had anything. Star Trek intrigued me, made me want to fly. Um, at one point, wanted to go into the Air Force and be a pilot. Um, I can't think of a TV show that moved me in the 70s or even the early 80s. Like, didn't really make me go, wow, that's great. Something I watched. Now, I did watch Roller Derby. You know what Roller Derby is? I did watch Roller Derby every single Sunday night on Channel 32 in Chicago. It was it was the resident wrestling that was fake. Except back then we called it wrestling instead of wrestling. And so, you know, two fake sports that everybody watched. But there was nothing that that caught your eye that made you go, wow, I have to see that every week. And there were some black shows. Can you tell this is Throwback Thursday? Anyway, there, there were some black shows, but they, 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 they never quite caught, right? They never quite. It was always the, the black person playing a white version of a person. Does that make sense? It was like a black person who acted white, talked white, had all the, the physical and life accoutrements of being white. They just had black skin. And so it made people unbelieve, not believe it and made the characters unbelievable because the black experience was nowhere near that. And we understood that even if you were black and middle class, even if you were black and upper class, even if you were black and lower class or homeless, there's some experiences you had and it didn't matter. Just like today, maybe today. And it drove us to realize that you can actually win without taking it from someone else. That, that you can actually become somebody and not have it be a detriment to someone else. That you can build your life, become middle class, get a job, go to school, go to work, whatever it is, whatever you choose, and live a great life. What was that for you? What was the TV show that had a life long life altering effect on you? Because when I tell you mine, you may go, yeah, that was mine too. But what I need to know for you from you is why. 833-212-1017 is the number. The show that changed my life is a show that was the first time in my entire life I had actually seen what I thought I wanted in life. A family. Now, we had had other shows that had families, but it wasn't the kind of family that I wanted. And it wasn't until I saw this show that I said, that's what I want, that's what I'm going to pursue, and that's what I'm going to get. And you know the name of the show. The name of the show is The Cosby Show.
And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app at 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I know if you're looking on YouTube, you see me dancing. It's okay, because I can dance. I'll dance with anybody. Anybody. You want to throw it? Let's go. I can step. I can bop. Freestyle. Whatever you want to do. Let's go. Talk trash. That's what I'm saying. That's what I thought. No takers. That's right. But I'm a ringer because I literally was in a dance group and danced my way through high school and part of college. So that's the other part I don't tell people. (laughs) The home of Marquette University High School football is right here on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth. We have a battle for the top spot in the greater Metro Conference as the Marquette Hilltoppers take on their conference rivals, the undefeated Sussex-Hamilton Chargers. Kickoff is at 7 this Friday evening, pregame starts at 6.30. High School Sports on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth is presented by Gruber Law Office's One Call. I'm going to say it, One Call. That's all. But his voice don't sound like that. <clears throat> anyway, 833-212-1017. Boom, 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 is <clears throat> the number. I rarely do that, clear my throat on the air, right? I try to turn my microphone off and clear my throat. So, anyway, talking text line, what show? What show changed your life? I mean, once you saw it, that was it. For me, it was the Cosby show. But I'm interested in hearing from you. I'm 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 interested in in understanding. So CJ said Family Matters, Strong Black Family and the Cosby Show. Which one? CJ, which one? Pick one. Just one. Just one. Which show gives you that made made that like when you saw it you were done like you knew. Like for me, I saw a middle class upper middle-class professional black family. Everybody had professional degrees or advanced degrees. She was a JD. He was an MD, right? The Cosby show, regardless of what you may think of him now, I'm talking about what you saw for one of the first times in your life. You actually saw something where you went, wow, I can actually be that. I can go to school and actually be that. And and so it it's it's interesting. So Dwayne said the Brady Bunch. Why is that the Brady Bunch? Like out of all the shows, 
right? There's usually something about the show, right? Some the the show has to do like if you are from a blended family, you know, something like that. If you were um from a home, you know, I don't know. So a big house, jobs. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll give you that one. That was for the Brady Bunch. Um, 414699 said, the TV show that had a big effect on my life was the TV show Good Times with John Amos, Esther Rowe, and Jimmy Walker. And, I, and, I, and so I added, not, not big effect, but what changed your life? Was it this and why? He said, because that's exactly how it was in my house growing up. Temporary layoffs, bad credit, the same way it was in good times. Me and my brother slept in the living room. I slept on the couch. He slept on the floor. I know them feelings. I never lived in the projects, but but we had it okay, but it wasn't great. You know, it, it wasn't great. And then my mother lost her apartment and we had to go live with my grandmother for, for a minute. So I feel you. I feel you. Uh, Spike Lee said, um, oh, I got I got to come back to you, Spike Lee, because I saw your question. Dun, 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 dun. You couldn't dance like that before you lost all that weight, Dr. Ken, right? Okay, I wasn't heavy or fat, so I didn't lose weight weight because I'm tall. So most people noticed I lost it, but I wasn't like obese, so to speak. So it wasn't like that. Yeah, I could dance. Pumpkin head. Uh, <laughs> KP said, Cosby show in a different world. Yes. A different world gave me insight to HBCUs that I had never had, but I was already an adult, so it didn't matter. To be honest with you, I didn't know certain HBCUs existed until after I went to college. I didn't know. I didn't know. That was one of those best kept secrets they kept secret in certain places in certain areas. So CJ said Cosby show because they promoted HBCUs with sweaters and the education of the family. Yep. Yep. That's what's up. That is what's up. But a, a different world had a different effect on me, right? A different world affected the Gen X because they saw the things they could do and the places they could go and the world they could live in. That it didn't have to be predominantly white. Makes sense. Okay. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Melissa said, "For me, Moesha, I, I'm gonna tell y'all something. I know Brandy. I have a picture." that I took recently with Brandy. I couldn't get into Moesha. I mean, like, maybe it's me. Yes, it's me. But I, I just couldn't get into Moesha. It was, it was something about that show that just didn't do it for me. Maybe something's wrong with me. I don't know. But Moesha wasn't it. And I and I kind of enjoyed watching it every now and then, but 
Yeah. But it made her who she is, you know, along with her singer. Singing was the bomb. I'm just saying. Uh, Mr. Medea said, you can't dance. Happy Thursday. Man, be quiet. Be quiet. I saw a picture of you. You can't dance either. Um, Cupid shuffle all over again. Ooh. Uh, break dance all over. Okay, Sanford and Son. Why Sanford and Son? Do you deal in junk? You own a junkyard? Because junkyards make some decent money. I'm just saying. But, um, and did you know they're not giving out any more junkyard licenses in Milwaukee? You can't get a license to get a junkyard. If you get it, it'll have to be a legacy junkyard from one that they already have, and it just transfers ownership. But interesting. Anyway. And then Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad from, but so, so does Sinbad have a show? Moesha wasn't a kid's show. Man, get out of here. She was younger, but I, I wouldn't say it's a kid. Any more so than Family Matters was a kid's show. So, come on. We're Urkel. Nah. Eh. Sinbad is in bad health. He broke now. I didn't know that. But I guess when you can't work and you're not working and your money run out, I think that's called broke. Hmm. Interesting. Let me go back to this question. Who was it? Spike. So, Dr. Ken, can I ask you a question? I asked Tori. He couldn't answer it. Does that mean Tori couldn't answer it or you didn't like his answer or he didn't answer it? He said, I'm not going to answer it or I don't know an answer. But anyway, he said, what would happen if all black Americans decided not to vote? What do you think would happen? Well, let me let me do some quick research. Um, let me let me look up some stuff. So this is all from 2022. And Okay. Okay, so the question, Dr. Ken, can I ask you a question? Tori could not answer it, which doesn't really mean anything. What would happen if all black Americans decided not to vote? What do you think would happen to us? Hmm. I have an idea. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you what I believe would happen. Because I believe that our vote that used to be important may not be as important as we thought. But that's just me that looking at some research about key facts about black eligible voters in 2022 can kind of give an outlook on what we should expect in multiple elections in the presidential in 2024. You're listening to the truth in the afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Uh, We've got traffic, weather and sports.
and information about black voters up next. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. As usual, I was about to do something, and them people from Versity showed up like they always do because they always cause trouble, and they always roll in and take over stuff. And what they do is vital, and it's important. And so I think it's important, especially in the in the black community, that that we understand and know that there are multiple resources for things because there are certain things and I know they'll get into it and I'll let them introduce themselves, but the importance of things that affect black people um, because of habits, because of things we do to ourselves, we have to start to remember that there are, there are really easy ways to get around a lot of, a lot of stuff that happens to us. Right. And so Versity is one of those organizations that I've heard about for years even before they changed their name. And um, at first I was like, why are they changing their name? They don't do it. But then as you start to look at the depth of this organization and the things they do in every community, not just the black community, but in recent years, there's been an upsurge of just looking at, though there are certain things like kidney disease, chronic kidney disease, um, heart disease. There are multiple things that are tied to your organs and blood that affect black people at an alarming rate. And so I am happy to have, well, I don't know. She was one of my favorite people, even though she didn't know who I was. 
Um, <laughs> and that's tiny. And that's tiny Boston from Versus. I'm getting a bad rap, and I just walked in. The well, place. it's not that you get a bad rap, but you know, I, I kind of follow people, and you know, when you got to get something done, you you know what I'm saying. And then you pick up the phone and you go, well, you know, so so so. so. Well, if you got to do something adversity, you got to call Tiny. Oh, well, and that's what I hear from every single person I talk to. I, I don't know about all of that, but I am happy to be here with you this evening. Thank you for having me and thank you mm-hmm. for having the ambassadors that I brought in with me. And I hope that your listeners will be receptive to what we have to say. And she hope. To hear. She hope. I'm here. I'm going to make them. Hear the testimonies of our, <laughs> our people from That's their great. own community. So tell us what you do at Versity. What's your title? What What are the duties? And then what you really do at For Diversity. Sure. For sure. Yeah. So I am the Community Outreach Manager at Versity. I've been with the organization now for eight years this past June. And my first several years at Versity, I did the majority of my outreach on our OPO side. And what that stands for is Organ Procurement Organization. Right. Um, And just these last two years, now I'm doing community outreach on both the organ procurement side and our blood services side. So that's what most people know us for is, you know, being out in the community, doing those community blood drives and serving in that capacity, educating on the importance of uh, supporting our sickle cell warriors and the things that we do related to RO blood that helps support those mm-hmm. sickle cell warriors. But we have a whole nother side, um, and that side is the organ procurement organization, and it's just as important when it comes to saving lives. Now, see, that scares me when she says that organ procurement yes like you know i was standing somewhere and tiny just came up behind me give it here (laughs) and right because because in our community those are those are some of the fears we have as it relates to even even if i die will i have all my organs with me something might happen and i'm like well but you can't use them you can't and so i'm I'm glad that you said that because those are some of the fears Mm -hmm. but i didn't know it was that vast Mm -hmm. I, i didn't know you did Sickle cell as well, because mm-hmm. sickle cell Uh-oh. trait. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you got to make sure, you know, anybody you date, anybody you marry doesn't have the trait or else Absolutely. there's a significant. Trying to explain to people, ironically, that sickle cell is not just a black disease. Mm-hmm. You know, people from sub-Saharan Africa, people from the Middle East, like there are vast numbers of people whose genome includes the possibility of getting sickle cell. Exactly. And so historically, and I got to admit, I just read a book that just medical apartheid Mm -hmm. just anyway. Yeah, it's something, but, but it's something. And so I'm glad that an organization like Versity is really, really, really coming through and taking over the community. Although y'all did have a fly V nine, a D nine exhibit, but yes. Yeah, Yeah, we do. Thank you for bringing (laughs) that that up. Yeah. And Richard uh, here, Richard uh, mm-hmm. Lewis. Richard Lewis. Is, he's a, he's yep. a lifeline ambassador. He is a lifeline ambassador. And I've ambassador. known Richard for about, what, 30 years? 30 years, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think the first time I met you, you were playing golf. I still play golf. Yeah, I know. Because everybody, <laughs> where's Richard? Oh, he's playing golf. <laughs> oh, you met Richard? Where was he? Playing golf. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And so you, you've had two kidney transplants. I have. And so how how'd that go? 
Well, I was very fortunate. Um, the first one my sister gave me in 2004. Mm-hmm. And so I never did dialysis for a long, for an extended period of time right. because it was right. pre-set up. And uh, that lasted me until 2013. And in 13, I was, my kidneys failed again and I had to go back on dialysis. Wow. But what's interesting is back in 2004, um, the physician said to me, you know, I wish you would have done dialysis for a longer period of time. I was like, that's not, why would you want me to do that? He right. said, because you'd appreciate the organ. Right. Um, and it wasn't until 2013 when I had mm-hmm. to do dialysis for four years that I realized what he was talking about. Yeah. And, uh, and I was fortunate and um, got another kidney in uh, August of 2017. Wow. And it's been working very well ever since. Still playing golf. Still playing golf. So you got a golf kidney. Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I played 36 holes yesterday. And, and, wow. and that's what he says. He says his first transplant was for his children. Right. His second transplant was for himself. Absolutely. So wow. <laughs> keep him out there on that golf course. I used to like Richard. <laughs> but 36 holes and I can't get nine in. Yeah. Anyway, let me move on. And so we we also have a connect the dot ambassador, and 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 I kind of you know I love y'all to death, but I kind of give her a little more props and a little more because when when you're a donor, it's something to receive something from somebody, but when you purposefully and with intent <laughs> go to somebody and say, "Hey, I'm going to give you my kidney," that's that's probably as intimate as you can get. Katina Shaw is the vice president of public relations for the Brewers. Can I get a ticket? And <laughs> and has been an advocate yeah. since since checking the yes. No, I don't want a ticket. <laughs> the yes box at the DMV. And and I, I find it interesting. Your brother passed away at an early age. His tragic death changed to triumph, and he saved seven lives. Yes, as an organ donor. And I don't think in my entire life I've never not checked the box. Yes. It's very important to check the box. Hoping that I would never have to be in a position to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, 30 years of law enforcement, there were some significant instances where I might have been eligible, right? Sure. But, but to know that someone intentionally woke up one day and said, you know what? I think I'm going to actually give an organ. Like, I'm scared. Like, I'm, I, I think, you know. You're going to give an order. Well, what if, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. And, and also, being completely transparent, I have chronic kidney disease. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's not at a point where the doctor's like, oh, my God, it's, you know, I said, well, what is it? He said it's 95%. And I was like, okay, so he said it's been at 95% for 30 years. Okay. And so I had, what's it called, acute glomerulonephritis, yeah. inflammation of the kidney. He said you can always have it. This is what do I have to do? He said, drink a lot of water mm-hmm. and stop drinking coffee. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, time out. Okay. <laughs> what? But then that's what Versity talks about, mm-hmm. you know, those things you have to do. So when we come back, I really want to dive into, especially with Richard, what kind of lifestyle did you have to actually do? Because I know, you know, Versity was, hey, you're going to go through this and mm-hmm. you're going to go through that. But when you do, that's a, that's a whole different kind of right. experience. So right. I, I want to hear food, right. water, you know, what, what could you drink, right. exercise. Well, I'm not to talk about exercise because he played golf. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, exercise, what were those life-changing ex- changing experiences? Right. And then also, I want to learn 
how that decision was made to say, yes, I'll give versus no, I'm not. Yes. All right. We've got Tony Boston, Senior Manager of Community Relations and Outreach at Versity Blood Center, Katina Shaw, uh, Connect the Dot Ambassador. Sorry, you, you got to be last. You're the guy. Uh, <laughs> and Richard Lewis, Lifeline Ambassador. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon, all three when we come back right after this. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We are here with Versity and I'm excited because these are the types of things, the the Connecting the Dot program, the campaign where we talk about the importance of organ donation. And we have one person that gave them up and one person that got them. So one's a pitcher and the other one's a catcher. Right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and so, so Richard, I, I wanted to ask, what was the life change? You know, we all know it happened and we know things happen and you have bad kidneys, but what was the life change afterwards? Cause we know, you know, I drank too much of this or I ate too much of that, or I had too much of this in my blood or whatever, but then you got them. Right. What was that change like? Well, that transition. A couple things before they even allow you to get on the list, uh, they make you go through a battery of tests and you know, a lot of people don't, qualify because they're overweight or they have high blood pressure or high cholesterol. So all those things wow. are requirements before you can even get approved to be on the list. Mm-hmm. So I had, wait, wait, you got to be approved to be on the list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. It's interesting. There's a professional athlete or former professional athlete. I know right now that mm-hmm. has kidney disease and he's mm-hmm. on dialysis yeah. and he wants to um, get on the list and, and yeah. he's not, accepting all the things you have to do, right. you know, to, to get on the list. That's funny. I'm thinking about people like Walter Payton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who died from kidney disease. Well, I think his was liver. If I'm not mistaken. Well, li- was it yeah, liver? It was liver for him. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. But yeah. So for me, I spent 30 years in the automobile industry and, um, you know, that's 12, 14 hour days on your feet, eating whenever, whatever somebody <laughs> brings you to eat, whatever you wow. go out and grab McDonald's, whatever, it was never salads and, you know. Yeah, but that was water. a choice, right? It was a choice. Yeah. But I had to change all of that to even qualify to be on the list, you know. And so it, I had to get down to the weight I had to be at. I had to um, get my um, phosphorus under control, my, my potassium under control. Wait a minute. Even though somebody said they would give you a kidney. Absolutely. You had to still make yourself Absolutely. eligible? Absolutely. Nah, that's okay. When, when I mentioned the, the athlete. <laughs> His relative actually died, and wow. they wanted to take his organs, and they, they like, couldn't oh. because he wasn't qualified. He wasn't wow. on the list. Wow. Yeah, you have to be. So yeah. there are over 100,000 people on that waiting list, so they are very now, is serious. Is that just here or nationwide? Across the nation. Wow. Across the nation. They are very serious. And, and how many the, donors do we have? And and that's the problem. We don't have nearly enough donors. Wow. Okay. And that's why it's such a critical need. But they are serious about who they're giving that gift of life to because Mm -hmm. there are so many people who 
are literally dying waiting for it. And, and if so, you do it, you're deserving because you took right. the time and you lost the weight. That's right. And you t- wow. Right. You know, it's interesting. My my second kidney was a you know direct donation from a lady whose son was dying that night. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a longer story. I probably can't tell the whole story right now. But when we're at the hospital ready to give me the kidney, the doctor just came out and said it was too small and that my body mass would never be supported by this little kidney. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I thought I had a choice. And the doctor said, no, we're, we're not going to give it to you. Wow. And that mother had to stand up and say, either Richard gets the kidney or nobody gets it. Oh. That's the only reason I got that kidney is because she, she said it'll go into the casket with my son if that's the case, you know. But it's that serious, like Tiny's saying, because they didn't want to waste it with, with those 100,000 people being on the list. See, that's that come give me that kidney. Yeah. yeah. And mom stepped in. And, and, and so that's, that's the, the mindset that one has when you're thinking of giving a kidney. What's, what's that like to make that, that decision? It's definitely a hard decision to make, um, but you also think about the lives that you're saving and um, giving your loved one the opportunity to live on. Mm -hmm. Um, In 1999, my brother was tragically taken away from us um, at the age of 12, and um, he was on life support, and they pretty much said there was nothing else that they can do. And my mother made the immediate decision that she wanted to donate his organs. He was young, vibrant, full of life. Mm -hmm. She wanted him to live on. And um, she understood the importance of a gift of life. And um, she knew he was able to help people. You know, he was, again, young. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink, you know. Um, so this was her opportunity to, to, to help others as well as helping us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that decision was made with easily. And um, luckily for us, um, he was able to save seven lives. Wow. Um, the individual who received his heart reached out to, at the time it was called the Blood um, Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person was just saying that they would love to reach out to the family and it's up to the families right. if they would right. like to connect with the right. recipient. And my mom was like, absolutely. And the uh, recipient said that when he received the heart, he felt like a kid again. He, <laughs> he knew nothing about right. whose right. heart he received. Wow. And he, he just felt very vibrant and, um, Prior to receiving the heart, he wasn't able to pick up his nieces and nephews and run with his nieces and nephews. But after that, you know, after the um, transplant, he was running with his nieces and nephews, picking them up. And so we shared um, with him about my brother and he was just he bawled. It was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I, I have a kid's. Um, you know, hard. I, I felt like a kid. I felt like uh, I, I just had this burst of energy. Yeah. And that was very important to to my mom and my family. That that is a powerful story. And so, Tani, what what is the Connect the Dot campaign? So the Connect the Dot campaign will officially launch next month. And we are excited. We are calling this our brand ambassador Connect the Dot campaign. 
And we're hoping that it will do three things. First of all, help people to connect the dot and understand what that Mm -hmm. orange dot on that driver's license really means. And it means that you've taken into consideration that there are hundreds um, of thousands of people, a hundred thousand people across the country who is in need of a organ transplant to save their lives. So they've taken that into consideration. They've counted up the costs, right? This is not an easy conversation to have with your family. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you don't even want to have it with yourself. Who wants to talk about what happens to their body at the time of death? Mm -hmm. So they've counted up all those costs, and then they've taken that step to say, I want to be a lifesaver. So first of all, we're helping people to connect the dot and understand what that orange dot on your driver's license really means. And then secondly, we're doing that with the stories and testimonies of average everyday people Mm -hmm. from our community. Right. These individuals, um, six of them are brave enough to share their stories and they are, you know, from. Every almost, you know, they're very diverse. We have. Asians represented. Mm -hmm. We have African-Americans. You know, we have women. We have men and we have, you know, youth. Um, And so they're very diverse. And so we're helping people connect the dot to the average everyday person across our different communities that organ and tissue donation is life saving and it's a mission. So how do we get in touch with diversity? So you can. Um, visit us at versity.org backslash gifting life. That will take you to our connecting um, connect the dot ambassadors and you can hear more about their stories. Uh, you can always register to be an organ and tissue donor. You can okay. do that at donatelifewisconsin.org. Very right. simple. Very cool. I'm overwhelmed. I think that this is a phenomenal idea and I think that that the African-American community definitely needs to step up and step in and connect the dots and become an organ donor. Tony Boston, Senior Manager of Community Relations and Outreach at Versity Blood Center, along with our Connect the Dot Ambassador, Katina Shaw. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks. And Richard, I guess I'll see you on the links in Lincoln Park. So <laughs> Richard Lewis, the Lifeline Ambassador. I think that that is one of the most important things we can do, and I'm glad that you were here. So thank you much. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having thank us. All right. You. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris.